Okay. Okay. Well, just as long as you don't need to pee or anything before we start? Well, I always do, but that's why I got the old catheter down here and we're good to go. Is going to go along with. I always do, but I just do it and worry about the mess later. <laughs> but, but you've got a full procedure. Why worry the mess when you got Grandpa's old catheter? It's the only <laughs> thing I inherited, so I'm going to put it to use. Thank you, Grandpa. Thank. You. <laughs> um, that's great. That yeah. That like I I just want to do uh, podcast marathons now and see if uh, we can hold you to that. Uh, <laughs> I have I can a very use... small bladder, so that <laughs> say I get to use the washroom, but you don't. You're the one making claims that you got Grandpa's old catheter. So um, yeah. Anyway, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David, and my friend is Aaron. What's up in What's the up? house? And uh, we're gonna talk about more. More bands. Well, not more bands. More band. We're going to talk about one band in particular. Uh, we we. I don't know if we intentionally necessarily started a Canadian band sort of run. Um, we're going to talk about Alexis on Fire, of course, a Canadian band. And uh, specifically, we're going to talk about their records, Watch Out. Wait, no. Sorry, it's Watch Out! And Crisis. Um, because it's got an exclamation mark. But uh, what I was going to say is, yeah, I don't, I don't know that we intentionally started a run of Canadian bands. Uh, I know we kind of planned a couple and then those episodes were coming out around Canada day. And I was like, let's in my brain, I was like, let's just run with a few more Canadian bands until we're like, all right, that's enough. Um, I'm just surprised. I mean, it, maybe it's because we're Canadian, but we haven't made any like cheesy Canadian jokes. So yeah, good know. on is there, us. Is there any good ones? All the typical <laughs> no, 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 ones no. you've heard before. We'll leave those to the Americans to make about us. Yeah, they're they're probably listening to this episode, making their own, you know, terrible uh, accent impressions and all this kind of stuff. Whatever. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about Alexis on Fire. Before we get into talking about Alexis on Fire, I'm trying to think if there's what's new in the world of Aaron. Oh. What is new? Um, I'm trying to stall to see if there was anything that I wanted to tell you before we got into this, and I just can't remember. Like, it's yeah. one of those moments where I feel like in the back of my brain there was something I was going to tell you, but then I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, you put me on the spot. Uh, not too much. Just Perfect. Let's move on summer. then. Alexis on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Summer's um, been pretty, pretty slow so far. Not doing anything major, so just yeah. kind of... Well, yeah, That's going good. about it, trying to keep the kids sane and or keep us sane. And keep I was going to say, busy. is it keeping the kids sane or keeping yourself sane? Yeah, um, I feel that though. We're actually going on going on holidays in a few a few days. Going to drive out. We every summer we try to drive out to Vancouver Island, so that time is uh, nearly upon us. I'm looking forward to spending yeah, it's awesome. two weeks on the beach, sort of thing. As long as the weather plays nice. Uh, that's always like the big sort of thing is like we literally our plan when we go to the island every year is like let's just go to the beach what are we doing today going to the beach how many beaches i don't know let's see um 
All the beaches. All the beaches, but yet all also depends on the weather. So hopefully it doesn't just rain on us the whole time or something, because then I don't know what we'll do, honestly. Sit I don't in the know. van and look at the beach. Sit in the van and look at the beach. <laughs> look at that beach, kids. It's a well, nice Sit in the van beach. with the heat cranked. And... Yeah. It's like, you know, when, when it's like the middle of winter and then people are like, man, it sucks in the winter. I know. I'm going to go on like the internet and I'm going to like look up uh, like, um, like, all-inclusive resorts and like tropical vacations and stuff. I'm not going to go on one. This is like something my, I feel oh, like really? my parents, yeah, I feel like my <laughs> parents funny. would do this. They get like the travel magazines and you know, they would go when they could afford, but they couldn't always afford to go on these trips. So they'd just be like looking through it being like, yeah, Hawaii would sure be nice. I guess I'm <laughs> stuck with the minus 28 degrees yeah. though. <laughs> well, I mean, that's funny you say that. Cause I often have uh, like, even just on my desktop on my work computer, yeah. I like to have a picture that makes me feel like I'm looking like not just at a flat screen, but kind of into something. Right. And so yeah, I'll yeah. often have some kind of beach theme, not necessarily <laughs> like looking, I'd be like, Oh, like I, I'm going to be there, but just, I don't know, just bring some life and light and, that's like, so I had to be somewhere. That would be a nice spot. This is where I'd like to be. That's pretty funny. Well done. What but I mean, desk? I don't even really sit on the beach, so I don't know what I'm hoping. Oh for, man, so. if this is the thing, I'm like, I didn't grow up a beach person, quote unquote. I don't know if I really went. I mean, I, I mean, I've, I'd been to the odd beach. We didn't go on any warm vacations when I was a kid. Um, so if I did any beaching, there was like a lake near my grandparents that we would go to sometimes like a man-made lake. That was probably the closest I got to, uh, doing the beach life thing. But since, you know, like having kids specifically, and when we go on vacation, I mean, Vancouver Island's got a ton of great beaches. Um, so when we go on vacation, we spend a lot of time on the beach and it's like if you can find a spot that's in the shade like we don't have sure, like yeah. we're not those people who like set up with you know like their tent and all this kind of stuff to like we don't bring the shade with us um we there's just some beaches where yeah if you can get set up under a tree or something i could spend just all day because yeah. the, the nice thing about a lot of the beaches too is that like they kind of provide a little bit of everything as far as you know that beach life is kind of concerned like i got kids who love playing in the sand i got kids who love playing in the water and then I've got kids kids who love neither of those things, but love going and looking for, you know, like uh, crabs Crawfish and starfish and, and yeah, like all that kind of stuff. And so there's some beaches where literally I can sit in one spot and see all of my kids doing very different things. And it's just amazing. I'm just like, oh, this is yeah, great. I can awesome. sit here all day. I could yell when they need to come over, whatever. So um, looking forward to it. But we're not here to talk about beaches. We're here to talk about quite the opposite. I don't know if that the makes opposite sense. of beaches. And the opposite of beaches Alexis. is Alexis on fire. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good tagline. They should steal that. <laughs> to be fair, and, and I will probably touch on this later as well. Alexis on fire, their albums and their music does not make me think of beaches uh, because it makes me think mostly of the winter. Uh, I feel like those are the months where I listen to them the most, but let's get into um, talking about the band a little bit. Do you remember kind of your first introduction to the band and sort of what you thought about them? Yeah. So I, I have a kind of a little bit of a rant to start here that includes that. It's all you're um, going to say for the whole episode though. It's just this one rant and then he's going to be silent for the rest yeah, of the episode. And, and it ends positively. So just take, <laughs> take these comments for, for what they are. But Let's hear it. This, yeah, and I mean, yeah, lots of bands that we talk about, like whatever, like MXPX. It's like been a favorite band for twenty years. You have all this stuff to say. This mm-hmm. was an this was an interesting band. So here here's my thoughts. I've never been the biggest fan of the band. 
They were never heavy enough for me. Wasn't really that kind of hooky and catchy overall. The product, the production was always a bit too raw for my taste. I never really super clicked with any one of their albums. However, that being said, they're an awesome band. They did so much for the Canadian, you know, post-hardcore, melodic hardcore, whatever you want to call um, their genre now. Um, they, they exploded beyond what most, if not all, other bands achieved in that style. Many of them have gone on to doing other projects, making a name for themselves, and they're still a relevant band to many different types of music lovers. So for that, they are an awesome band in my books, even if they're not one that I feel super connected with. Um, but I remember the first time I saw their first big music video, downloading their first album on Kazaa on my first computer. The first nice. time I saw them live, the time that my band played a music festival with them. So while I may not have been the most dedicated fan of theirs, I definitely have lots of connection and crossover with them. So um, those are just kind of a, when we decided we were talking about this band, I kind of had all these different yeah. thoughts that are just yeah, just different than a lot of the bands we talk about. And so, um, yeah, so lots, lots of firsts with this band, which is, I guess, different and unique. So did you I, – I, like, did you mention when you first – kind of heard them or heard about them did someone introduce you to them or how did that sort of how did they come into your world yeah so i think it was seeing their video on much music mm, right yeah. um and just being like oh like this is definitely something different and then searching it up on kaza which yeah okay you know for those that don't know like a lot of the times you would like look up a band but other bands would say they were that band so you would yes. discover them or <laughs> You know how many times I downloaded something, and you know, like even like MXPX, and be like, "This yeah. is an MXPX." I think it was like Rufio, or you uh, know, just bands that were trying to. There was one particular the MXPX one. There's one particular instance where I think it was, it was like, and this is like kind of infamous. It was a an MP3 labeled as MXPX covering Barbie Girl, <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> but then I think it was. For some reason, Homegrown is the band that comes to mind uh, that actually covered it, or someone, someone like that. it wasn't MXPX, but the MP3 that like made its rounds was labeled MXPX covering Barbie Girl. Right, That's yes. actually how I discovered. Um, speaking of another Canadian band, uh, are you, are you familiar at all with Tegan and Sarah? Yeah. So like, I discovered them because they had, and I think if I recall, because they're from Calgary. And I think they uploaded these songs themselves, but they were like labeled as like AFI, right? Oh. And like so, and they're just like clearly not AFI or whatever, right? Like it was, it was another band that they had been listed as. And I remember like coming from being like, wait, who is this? And then kind of digging in and finding out like, oh, it's Tegan and Sarah. Well, wait, they're from Calgary. So it's kind of, kind of neat, but, uh, and kind of funny. Um, yeah, that used to happen so often, you know, like you yeah. download something and you're like, this is not Mill and Colin Penny Bridge Pioneers at all. This is someone else. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's Yeah, they funny. were definitely one of those bands where there was lots of kind of buzz about. I mean, there was the whole name thing. Is it Alex is yeah. on fire? Yeah. Is it, you know, and you had no really context mm -hmm. um, to kind of hear these things. So um, yeah, definitely, definitely lots of memories with just kind of discovering it and trying to kind of latch onto it and yeah i yeah i can specifically remember do you remember um the band your bleeding heart oh of course so um josh yeah yeah josh played bass in the band uh he was working at hmv in calgary 
when uh, I was in HMV and, uh, you know, talking to him because, like, we knew each other through playing shows together and stuff like that. And he's like, um, he's like, oh, wait, hold on a sec. This is a sidetrack. Were there two Joshes in your bleeding heart? That I don't remember. I just there, remember those. Because, like, I know for sure there was a Josh who was originally, like, one of the, like, he played guitar and sang alongside um Curtis, but then I feel like there was another Josh. Anyways, whatever. Because uh, I'm talking about a different, n- not the guy who played guitar. Uh, anyway, regardless, um, I was at HMV talking to him about, you know, like just different music. And and he says to me, he's like, have you ever heard of the band? And you just said this, Alex is on fire. And I'm like, at the time I said, no, I'd never heard of them. But he like showed me the CD and he kind of described it. I don't remember exactly how he described it, but I was like, all right. I was definitely in a time where, you know, I was like going to take a chance on music. So I went and bought, um, I bought the CD, brought it home. I was like, Whoa, this is uh this is pretty wild. And I was pretty hooked from the get go, I think, because, you know, they were definitely mixing, um, you know, elements of like post rock. They're probably like one of the first bands I can remember getting into that really had that like ambient, uh, post-rock kind of influenced guitar sounds uh, on their clean guitars and stuff. And uh, later, you know, years down the road, I would get into a fair amount of that stuff or at least like really dig that sound when it would come through on different albums. But they were probably one of the first bands I can remember listening to and thinking like, this is kind of neat what they're doing with the guitars. I hadn't really heard much like it before that. For sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was like pretty hooked from the get-go. I dug the guitars, George had a pretty uh, memorable scream, I thought. Um, and I remember actually listening to it and seeing the videos then on Much Music After and stuff. But I remember listening to it and a friend of mine who wasn't into like punk or post-hardcore or hardcore, any of that stuff, like at all. He uh, pointed out one time when um, we were like watching the video, I think, for pulmonary archery maybe or something and i just remember him pointing out saying like oh that guy who's doing like the clean the clean vocals he's got an incredible voice and i just remember being like taken aback a little bit because i'm like he hardly sings especially on that record and i'm like that's like what you're taking away from it Mm -hmm. and and when he sang it was like you know as they would go on as a band his voice would come forward a lot more right so um anyways his obviously dallas green's voice uh who clearly down the line would become well-known as a, as a pretty decent singer. Um, so I, I thought that was pretty wild when you kind of like start seeing that, that happening later, especially at that time. when I'm like, he hardly even sings in the band. What are you talking about? This guy has like this pretty great, pretty, pretty incredible voice. I thought that was pretty wild. Um, especially for someone not coming from that world of music, you know, at all, but, uh, so that was pretty cool. And then you, you said that you, like you've seen them live. Yeah, so I saw them on their what as far as I knew was their first their first time out here like and there was lots of buzz and I also believe Billy Talent opened. Mm. So like both those bands I mean obviously blew up, but yeah. I mean at that point were just kind of starting to get going and um yeah, like they played I don't know like a maybe 300 cap room or whatever and Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I remember there, like, and that was their first time here as far as I know. And it, like, it was sold out. And so there was just all this buzz to it. And, um, yeah, then I saw them a, a few other times after that as well. Yeah. It's funny. I, I'm not sure if I, I think I've shared this on the podcast. I know I've definitely told people this story, but it took me multiple times of having tickets to see them to actually see them. 
because whether it would be having to leave early or they're like playing a festival that like it just so happened that when they were playing another band I wanted to see more was playing um, or getting there late or like my favorite story was they uh, they played Calgary. I'm sure it was obviously a full tour, but it was with uh, Monine oh, yeah. and I went mainly for Monine. And so when Monine was done, we were, we, I spent the whole set just hanging out. It was at Mac hall in Calgary where, the, so there's like the, the room where the music happens. Right. And then outside of the room is where all the merch tables and stuff were set up. So it was, you know, you could kind of at least have a, a conversation without having to yell too incredibly loud with people. So we just, it was me and another guy standing out there and we chatted with Kenny from Monine for like the entire, uh, the entire, Alexis on fire set. I did eventually see them and I think I've seen them multiple times now, but the first time they were touring with, um, the used and under oath and under oath opened and the used headline Alexis on fire was in the middle. And it was one Mm. of the rare, like, um, kind of like arena shows I went to. So I had a seat. So we were just like sitting already anyway. So we stuck around. I was like, Oh yeah. Right. Like, I like these guys, uh, but I just never seen them. And it kind of become a running joke up to that point. The number of times I'd like just sort of not seen them. So I finally caved and sat and watched them. And you know what? It was a great show. I, uh, I'm glad I did finally kind of get out, get out of my own head and, uh, <laughs> think I was, you know, not as funny as I actually was and go, go see them. So, um, yeah, so they're pretty great. They're they're a band that's been been around and been in my you know like listening habits kind of since then. Not a ton, but they come and go for sure. So why don't we uh, why don't we get into two of the records, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first we're gonna start with Watch Out. As I said, um, so tell me a little bit the artwork. What do you think? What are your thoughts on? Cause that's the first thing you see, obviously I should here. Hold on. If you're listening to this show for the first time, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these two albums. We're going to cover four songs from each album. We got the opener, we got the closer, and then we've each picked a song, uh, in the middle. So that's four from each. We're also going to talk about artwork, all that kind of stuff. So, um, starting with the artwork for watch out, what, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I love the artwork for this album. It's always, um, been one that I feel drawn to. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because it it reminds me of two other album covers that we've talked about. So yep. it reminds me of some Forty Ones does this look infected kind of sure. mixed with the the world according to Gob. Maybe yeah. just like the woman and like zombie and the colors of does this look infected and um, but yeah it, yeah it stands out. It's it's iconic. I love the illustrated graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, overall super cool. And, and yeah. very different than their first one too, so it's kind of yes. cool just to. Although they that. were both, they were both heavily featuring the color green. So I, I don't, I don't know what um, <laughs> if there's any, yeah, if there's any story behind this artwork or anything. I do, I love it. Um, it's memorable, catches your eye, uh, and yeah, I, I think like when we were talking about does this look infected, that was like the moment when I had the thought where I was like, wait a second, this actually gels up really well with Watch Out by Alexis on Fire. Um, and it was, for me, it was like noticing like the girl in the bottom corner of, of does this look infected? I'm like, wow, that's kind of fun. But, um, yeah, no, it's, it's one where, you know, there is no question when you see the artwork, what album you are looking at, right? There's some, some albums where it can be a little, you know, even if it's got the name on it, you know, maybe it can be a little, um, a little harder to tell or remember right away what album and what I love is like with such striking artwork, I can hear the album if that makes sense. Like yeah, I, you know, it's not a, it's not 
I mean, obviously that's not something that you can do having not listened to the album, but like, I think with the way their records sound, um, even like from their first one all the way to otherness, which was released, I think last year, you know, I can, I can picture the artwork and kind of like tie that to the whole sound of the album, which is pretty great. So, um, and, and watch out works that way. Now, when was the, like, did you listen to this record when it kind of first came out or were you late to the party on it? How did, how did that come about? Well, I remember this being a huge deal when it came out. So there was you know, lots of anticipation for the follow-up of their first album. I saw them live on this um, on this tour or for this album, nice. and that yeah. was an awesome show. I can't remember who else played, but I can picture where it was and that there was a lot of people there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I have any kind of great ways of summarizing my thoughts on this album. There's some songs that stand out to me and then some that I don't have as much connection to, like I kind of yeah. said, but overall, um, yeah, lots of good good memories with this album whether this, it was like other people playing it or just it being kind of a, a yeah. buzz album this album's interesting to me and it could be part of the reason why it actually took me so long to actually see them live uh because i really i did enjoy that first record obviously that first record so we were originally going to talk about uh the self-titled record and crisis and then we we kind of changed our minds because uh, the self-titled record is a little harder to listen to these days. Like I, I don't find that it aged all that well. Um, and so we, you know, we kind of quickly both had the same thought where, uh, I, I think I texted you saying like, what do you think if we switched to watch out? And then you were like, yeah, I tried listening to the self-titled record. It was, was not very easy. And, um, <laughs> Well, Having, which, yeah, I don't want to sound like it's an an insult, but it just no. But I don't know, I mean, it was harder than I imagined. I was like, man, this is kind of a little all over the place. And yeah, yeah, which is like my number one complaint, actually, even about Watch Out, is that even though they honed their craft a little bit, it is still kind of all over the place at times, right? Um, I do think the fact that Dallas is singing more on this record helps to kind of make it an easier journey from start to finish, but it is very meandering. And it's like my number one kind of complaint about it is whether it's like musically just kind of changes that don't necessarily make sense or, you know, like no, you know, a lot of the songs don't necessarily have like a strong chorus or hook, or maybe they get to it once and then that's it. And you're like, what is going on? Like there is a lot of that sort of, um, inconsistency from start to finish i think with this record and it might be why i didn't see them live for the longest time because you know initially in hearing this record like george's scream sounds different i don't know if there's an effect on it that's like making it sound weird but it does it definitely sounds less natural than it did on the self-titled record um and then yeah just like that meandering a little bit um that uh, that i was talking about but um yeah, and it's 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 definitely more listenable for me than that that self-titled record, but I don't think it and I was just going to say I don't think it holds up in the way I thought it would, but when I think about it, I don't know if I was ever super attached to this record. Hmm. Um it's got some songs and some moments for sure and some memories tied to it, but before we get into the songs, a little bit of a spoiler, it was at that time, the record that I was like, okay, I think I'm like pretty good on Alexis on fire. Um, you know, like they went from being this for me, like being this hype band that I was like pretty excited about what they were going to do next to kind of like seeing what they're doing next. And I can, like I said, I can appreciate the fact that they really grew as a band. 
um, musically and in their songwriting, but it, you know, it, it didn't hit from start to finish, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, it's got some, it's got some strong moments and then some not so strong, but let's get into, unless you wanted to drop any more, uh, you know, kind of thoughts on the album as a whole, should we get into the songs? Yeah. Yeah. My only other, just as you were talking about them as I kind of, they're kind of in the same boat as like say a band like Norma Jean obviously they're sure. a lot more melodic but where it's like really cool band cool aesthetic um you know they have a big following really cool songs but it's all just kind of like parts like I I can't right. I don't feel super like man this song just like hypes me up or I just want to yeah. listen to this song over and over again but sometimes a song comes on I'm like oh man this is like awesome and then the next yeah. one comes on it's like oh I feel a bit lost so it, yeah. it's not it's it's not because it's bad songs or anything, but sometimes it's just mm. a lot of parts or or I just don't have kind of the ear for it. But that's sure. kind of how yeah. I always kind of saw them because Norma Jean's another one of those bands that I just always wanted to love, thought they were really cool, but I just didn't couldn't connect with it. So anyways. yeah, yeah. Um, I no, I think I, I think I fully agree with what you're saying there. So let's just not even bother with the songs. Let's move. No, <laughs> let's get into the opening track, uh, which of course is called Accidents.
Alright, so uh, why don't you open us up with some thoughts on on the song Accidents and uh, yeah, do you, I guess first and foremost, is it a suitable opener for you? Uh, yeah, I think this is a great opening song for me. Um, I, I do hear just like George's vocals feel pretty kind of buried in the mix. Like it's not, yeah. and there's, yeah, some kind of effect on it and which is kind of an interesting kind of way to do it. I, I mean, I know there's lots going on with the guitars and you kind of want that front and center, but um, so anyways, yeah, that's, that definitely kind of stands out. But, but uh, um, So yeah. a real quick question about that. Did you just notice that now? Because I didn't have that thought until listening to it right now. So I don't know if like if that was a note you had, then it's always been there. Or if it's just like something my computer, like an EQ I have on that's oh. weird. Because like I didn't I notice. I only have one headphone right. in but for like, that. So Yeah, but like sitting here listening to it now, it's like, whoa, these uh, vocals feel a lot more buried than I remember. And I don't, I don't know. It's definitely possible that I have like an EQ switched on somewhere in my uh, Apple Music that like has has changed that. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, because I definitely did not have that note down before until right now. And then you brought it up, so I'm like, Interesting. yeah, I I didn't have it as a note, but I I feel like that's kind of how their their sound is. Like George's yeah. vocals are never kind of in your face, kind of really grabbing you. They just kind of feel more like a whole part of the song. If that makes right. sense, but yeah, um, yeah. This this is definitely one of the songs that stands out to me on this album. You know, it has that really catchy opening guitar riff. The vocals are memorable and it's upbeat. I feel like it's more straightforward song structurally, which I like. Um, it's um, yeah. I, I almost wish there was more songs kind of mm-hmm. with this with this type of structure. But um, yeah, the middle of the song gets a little bit more kind of vibey with that instrumental part before building back up. Yeah. And uh, yeah, overall, uh, great opening song. I I like that there's some repeating parts and a bit easier to latch on to. Um, I think as a bit of a, a spoiler, I think we probably picked a couple of the songs that do fit that more um, concise song structure a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, as far as an opener for me, this song, I like that the kind of intro bit uh kind of build some tension where you know the one guitar is kind of like doing the the shots with the drums and the bass and the other guitar is playing a riff underneath it that kind of keeps cycling and then when the the like the the drums and the bass drop out and those two guitars just sync up perfectly together to like hit that you know kind of like the the bridge into the actual like song kicking off uh, i always thought was so great like just a, a you know a jolt of energy and then george's vocals um there's, I th- I feel like there's multiple effects going on here. There's the effect that I was complaining about where it feels like a distortion of some sorts, or it's just as what I don't know. I can't confirm that, but there's also this other effect that's like almost a bit of a reverse swell at the beginning of every line. Uh, yeah. Um, which I, I really do kind of like that. It actually reminds me of, uh, Every time I hear it, it makes me think of a song off of Daylight Breaking by No Motive, where there's like this reverse swell kind of going into the vocals. I could not tell you for the life of me, though, what, which song specifically it is, because I didn't, you know, do the research. But <laughs> I hear it and I go, oh, it reminds me of uh, No Motive. Um, and yeah, the the bass, that bass line, when it breaks down, when they start chanting, let's redefine, um, just super reminds me of Thrice, yeah. which oh, is yeah. which is great. That's one of like one thing I've always loved about Thrice, especially in those, you know, artist in the ambulance days, that early two thousand sound is like, 
the the best way I can describe the bass is that it just kind of like works in a circle, you know, like it's not necessarily playing like this bass line that feels like it's walking up, say like a, a Mike Durnt bass line from Green Day or, you know, kind of more classic punk bass lines where they're busy bass players, but they're sort of like following along with the chord changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me more of, yeah, like that thrice sound where it's just like you kind of get into like this like loop um, and it's, I don't know, it's kind of neat. And I really dig it. And it also is, you know, it's a song about um, like healthcare, about uh, that kind of thing. And it's, I'm curious because um, George, I believe is a healthcare worker. And so I don't know if like, this must've been like, I don't know if he was going to school at the time or something like that. And was, you know, just kind of living in that world a bit. I don't know that he was a full fledged healthcare worker at this time. Uh, But I do know I read, I was just doing some reading on their album Otherness because on Apple Music they have a song by song breakdown, and uh, he was sharing something about uh, working in the you know in healthcare or whatever. I was like, oh, I wonder if that's why because I feel like on this album there's a few songs that kind of touch on that a mm. little bit. Um, this one the most kind of specific like on the nose sort of thing, but uh, yeah, it's um I think I think it's a great song that guitar riff the little one at the end that kind of ends the song reminds me of Machine Head by Bush. <laughs> it's just like and it just like oh, I I, I probably that. more just morphed it a little bit to Bush than than they actually play it but just the way it walks up kind of reminds me of the same um which is uh which is fitting because Machine Head by Bush if I recall is a song about driving motorcycles and uh so is the next one. So should we just dive into the next one? Let's do it. Okay. Hey, it's your funeral, mama. Watch out, man! Won't see 
I have no idea why there's that instrumental bit at the end. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, I, I think it's. I mean, it's kind of cool. It like really pulls back the energy and just kind of lets the music take over. I. I'm just a, like, is it supposed to be like, I, I don't recall ever seeing them play this song live, so I don't know, but is it supposed to be a part of the song or is it just a, like a little Jam section that's in, it's included in the song to transition to the next one? Um, I'd have to go back. I feel like they probably, did they do a video for this song? Um, I feel like they may have, but I can't so promise you that. Yeah, that's what I'm curious. I'm I'm just kind of looking up real quick to see if they did do a video for this song. What's it called? Hey, hey it's your funeral. It's mama. your funeral, Mama. Well, let me share a few thoughts while you do that. I'm they did. They did do a video, by the way. So, oh, okay. anyways, go on. Go on. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you picked this song. This was another one for me that, that I really like. It has you know enough repetitive parts to hook the listener. Um, little kind of ups and downs. Dallas's vocals really stand out and add a lot to the song. Um, I, I like that there's a lot of guitar movement, but it isn't too kind of spazzy like some mm-hmm. of the songs where it's kind of like, you know, almost the two guitars sometimes just feel distorted because they're, you know, both playing too many notes or whatever. But, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, they're fighting each other. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like with this one kind of ending with that little instrumental, sometimes those are nice because it just gives a little bit of breathing room mm-hmm. and it's it's not doing too much, but it's doing enough that's still interesting um, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it doesn't fit uh, kind of in that whatever number this song th- is on the album, but yeah, I think what throws me off about it is that it just feel like I don't mind it. It just feels like it should be its own song because um, like it's not like it comes like as part of this song. There's literally like silence for a couple seconds and then it just starts. So it's like kind of weird in that sense. But um, anyway, that's. That's neither here nor there. It's uh, it's officially a part of the song. Um, but yeah, did you have any other any more thoughts on it? Uh, not besides what I shared. Perfect. So um, my I think what I love, like when this song kicks off, the guitar riff is kind of I mean it's very different for you know kind of what they've done on other songs. Um, he's just kind of like hitting you know like hitting a chord a couple times and then you know kind of mute it sounds like he's muting the strings to get that harmonic yeah and then the drums yeah, doing the uh like the rim shot to the snare type thing uh just like a, it's just a part that sets itself apart from the rest of the record it doesn't yeah, sound like totally. any other part on the album and um i had originally picked a different song uh, and then changed it to this one because the the one i picked i was like it was one of those ones where as i was listening to it i was like man I really like this one part of the song and then the rest just kind of feels like it's going all over the place and it doesn't like really bring you back in. Whereas this one, I just love that it's, yeah, you get those parts again. It also acts, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if there's like Wade really stands out on this song for me. He's got a couple lines where he like sort of jumps forward. Mm. Uh, like the one line will, well, it changes it's I'm I'm curious um as I look at the lyrics on Apple Music it changes the line but it says we'll cut this row of good years like a knife uh, like that when when Wade comes in singing that line that may have been it's for sure one of the first times you kind of really hear his voice mm. and I just I think he's got a great voice lyrically it's a bit weird like it's it's literally a song about them like racing or riding motorcycles but like there are lines in it where I was like that's what you came up with like it starts, it says the sky is blue, the grass is brown. All right, 
Um, my head is buried inside this helmet, the ever-present threat of parasites. Pardon? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know what, where we're going here. So take my hand, let's get these motors running, drive red. Well, so, so you drive red, and I'll drive black. Uh, I'm assuming they're just talking about colors of motorcycles. We'll see whose machine was recently serviced. Like, why? <laughs> There's got to be these... some other meaning. Right? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I do, I've do. i always liked the we don't fear part, where he just says, we don't fear, we don't fear, we don't fear, we don't fear these machines. I always thought it felt a little, like, jerky and weird. But again, much like, you know, kind of the intro really setting itself apart, it's a part in this song that sounds like no other you know, no other part yeah. on the record. I think it's great. Um, and the more, you know, when I came back to it and, you know, as I was listening through the record after I picked, I can't remember what the first song I picked was. Um, I want to look real quick just to make people maybe sad that we didn't cover it. Uh, but it, it was definitely a different, a different song. It was sidewalk when she walks, I think is what I uh. originally picked. And like that song in particular, it's got, that line, um, like just when Dallas first comes in with the dress to kill, you look so right. Um, just the way he comes in on that particular song. So great. But then the rest of the song just kind of leaves me wanting a little bit more in the sense that it kind of lets me down. Not that it's so good that I just can't get enough, but more that I'm like, I wish you did more with this song. Cause it yeah. kind of lets me down after that. Um, but yeah, we can, uh, shall we get into the next song then? Let's do it. That Let's do possessed. it. Yes. This was your pick. That girl possessed. Before you reign 
just little scream at, at the end there. It's definitely a, like a pretty mushy sounding song. Like, it kind of feels like everything's yes. just kind of mashed together. And I wonder, like, like as I was listening to this one, it's like it almost sounds like they recorded it live, or maybe not with click, or maybe just really minimal editing, or which again aren't insults to it, but just kind of unique for for that era. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think I have a, a thought on that later later on. <laughs> um, on that, Don't want to give it yeah. away too early. I picked this song because to me it has the coolest groove to start the song. Just like dang, yeah. button, dang. Yeah. Like the drums are straightforward. The guitar's doing that kind of weird progression of like ring or ring ring. And yeah, to me it was just kind of a cool contrast of just that drum groove. Um, but the guitar is doing something with a lot more movement. Um, yeah, and then it goes into that that fast punk B, which I don't know if that if it has that on any other song on this album. I don't think so, yeah. Or if they even really ever play that. I mean, it's definitely, like I said, like it's pretty sloppy sounding. Um, but again, just adds to the rawness of, of the feel. So again, it's not, not a bad thing. But um, yeah, yeah those, those two dynamics for me make this song memorable. Um, I love the, the catchy singing part from Dallas kind of towards the end of the song. I like how the song comes back with that opening groove to kind of end it again and um, yeah, just one that I can kind of go back to. Um, the beginning of that song, like my note that I had is that the guitars are like crushing. Like they're just so like that riff, that sort of thing that they're doing uh, is just like, this might be weird and it's not that it's super heavy, but it feels for sure like the heaviest kind of moment on the album, just with whatever and just that groove as they lock in. Um, and I don't know if it's like, that if the two guitars are doing the exact same thing and it's the specific chord that they're playing, or if they're kind of doing different things that are harmonizing together, that just like it, it's really punchy for me. Like, I don't know. They kind of really hit the, my biggest complaint about this song is that the chorus is so simple that it like almost, you know, like begs you to sing along, which is great, but it takes an eternity to get there. (laughs) Like they take, it feels like this song yeah. until it gets to that. We won't, we won't, we won't forget you part. Um, it feels like it kind of gets in this point where it's like, what, where are we going? What's, you know, is this song just going, which there are songs that exist like this, obviously where there is no chorus and it's just kind of almost like stream of conscious consciousness, like lyricism that's going on through the whole song. And it feels like it borders on that a little bit. And then it hits you with the, the chorus or if we want to call it a bridge i don't know whatever whatever you want to call it maybe that we won't forget that girl possessed is the actual chorus but the dallas green part when it hits with his singing i think it's uh i think it's pretty great um he also sounds pretty gritty there uh singing like like he's got a little bit of a a, a you know yell put into it which also makes me wonder if it's almost a pretty clean mix between dallas and wade mm-hmm. kind of together there i'm sure they are singing together uh at that part but um whether they're both kind of essentially taking the lead on that i don't know but uh yeah no it's similar similar to um hey it's your funeral the uh there are there are parts in this song where i go oh yeah that's i that doesn't sound like any other part on the record on the record and that's like the when it goes into that punk beat i'm like i don't recall any other moment on the record where it opens up like that so right um it's pretty great but uh yeah, that's it. It's that's also one of the more memorable songs on the album for sure. Um, you know that just that how it kicks off with the "We Won't Forget." You know, like it's yeah, love that part. Yeah, it's immediately in my brain, and I 
from the moment I heard it, I have I ain't never forgot it, you know? Also, this won't necessarily affect the listeners, but partway through that song, I turned off an EQ thing I had on. So now I'm curious to listen oh. and see if, if George's vocals sound uh, buried or not. Crystal still, but, clean. Uh, crystal He's not clean. even screaming. They're just clean. He's vocals. actually been singing like <laughs> a, I was going to say like a butterfly. That's not, it's not, I don't think butterflies sing. He's been singing like the most beautiful songbirds you've ever heard. And this whole time with my eq thing on it just sounds like he's screaming let's get into the closer for this record shall we let's do it it is uh happiness by the kilowatt
does this serve you as a closer? Do you find happiness in this song as a closer? I do not. <laughs> now, hold on. Hold on. When you say you do not, uh, are you saying that you don't find happiness in the song in general or just as a closer, you're like, why did you close this way? Uh, maybe a bit of both. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, this is one of those songs where I don't really have. I mean, I guess I'm kind of neither here nor there but i mm-hmm. yeah i'm not a fan of that drum beat that comes in close to the beginning and you know yeah. goes before the f- verse like that's that dip it, dip it, dip it, dip it. like it just dip it, dip goes it, dip on it, way it. too long i'm just like oh right. please change you know yeah. it gets yeah, just too repetitive like overall it's a pretty like vibey song it drags on pretty mm-hmm. long like it's you know five minutes long um it doesn't really stand out to me as a closing track, but I guess at the same time, it I feel like it really takes you through the motions, so maybe it helps. Maybe that helps it to feel like the end, but maybe just in a way of like, okay, like that's the end instead of like, man, that was like a killer end. So, yeah, yeah again, not to, to insult think, it, but yeah, just... Yeah, I, th- I don't think it... Like, I like it as a closer, but I think most of that lies in... I mean, I guess maybe there's two things. One being the like when that drum beat changes and comes in to the right, like that super repetitive thing, it does definitely signal a change uh, for me. I will agree, it happens for too long though. Uh, in my in my mind, anyway, because I think it's so, I guess, unique. Uh, it feels like it should just be you know a part of a, a bigger. Uh, beat or pattern or whatever, right? Like not the whole pattern. Like yeah. it feels like he should be playing, you know, maybe, maybe it should come at the turnaround at the end of, um, you know, like a bar or something like that instead of being the whole thing. But I, but when, when that comes in, it kind of definitely changes the mood a little bit. And then really when it gets into the end there, where they're the, what was this, what we hoped for uh, at the end, that's where I'm kind of like, okay, when that part of the song comes in, I'm kind of like, yeah, Okay, and then the way the guitar kind of like plays this riff as it sort of fades out, I'm like, it definitely signals the end of the album for me. Uh, they find it an apt closer. They played it as their closer for almost every set for oh. since they released it, apparently, until, I guess, again, in that um, that interview with George about their record, Otherness, uh, the closer on Otherness, they said, is like what they play as a closer now. Uh, but I think when they play this song as a closer, they definitely expand on it. Uh, it's not just the, I mean, this song already is over five minutes long, but I guess they kind of, they probably really get into it. I'm wondering if they played it on, I want to say a few years ago, they did a house of Strombo show. Um, that was really awesome. How's yeah, they did. And I'm curious if they, if they played it on that and, uh, how long it was, um, because yeah, it was. I remember watching that and being like, "Dang, I wasn't like I I hadn't listened to Alexis on Fire in quite some time." And then they played that show, and I was like, "Yes, please, I enjoyed this." Um, but but yeah, as far as as far as the closer is concerned, I I don't mind. Like as far as the songs on the record go, I think it makes the most sense as a closer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you know, as the piano, <laughs> there's like this really simple piano part, and it literally to me to my ear. I know I'm, or I'm, I'm pretty certain it's an actual piano, but for whatever reason, maybe it's just because how simple it is, the little like walk down, uh, it sounds like it's recorded on like a 
cheap department store keyboard, like a Casio or something that someone nice. bought. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's this weird thing, but um, and then yeah, I like the uh, I like the the chorus, the wake up sort of thing that they sing. Um, are we? I'm just curious. Are we supposed to be coming out of some kind of like? you know, like foggy state was the whole album, like this foggy dream slash nightmare sort of thing. And then they're like telling you to wake up and being like, is this what we really, is this what we, was this what we hope for? I don't know. <laughs> Definitely not what I hope for. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, they're, they're, nowadays, I feel like on otherness, they would definitely get more into that foggy dream vibe because yes. they're definitely a lot sludgier and, and psychedelic at times, I feel. Um, which again, I guess shout out to the to the band for kind of like, Growing their sound, I will say that each record sort of definitely sounds different from the one before it. Um, having said that, shall we get into the next record? We shall. Well, let us talk about Crisis Good, sir. What do you think of the artwork? I'm not sure what the meaning of it is. I'll um, tell you, but, but I'll okay. wait my turn. Yeah, I mean, it, it stands out in the way of not looking like another band's artwork. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't have any specific emotions when, when I look at yeah. it, except that guy needs to see a doctor about his hand. <laughs> uh, there's a good chance he's actually sitting in front of a doctor when that picture was taken. I'm not sure, though. Um, I'm not going to tell you. I, I like the artwork. I'm not going to tell you the story behind it until we, because it actually uh, ties into one of the songs we picked. Oh, okay. so, cool. so we'll talk about it a little bit more then. Um, but uh, I will say it's, you know, it's a bit gruesome. Like you said, that guy needs to see a doctor. But as far as, you know, like... I think it's it's it is a memorable picture. Um, I do think the like all the the fonts and all that kind of like it all works for me. I think it looks great. Um, overall impressions with this record is kind of funny because I had kind of I think given up a little bit on Alexis on Fire, um, and maybe it was you know the problems that we talked about with Watch Out. I wasn't in a hurry to buy this record when it came out. Um, I heard, you know, I, I want to say this could be anywhere in the world and boiled frogs came out before the album or like one of them for sure did, or right around the release of the album. And I, I like both of those songs. Um, but it, it showed me that there was like some promise with it, but I still wasn't like feeling, you know, overly enthusiastic about going out and picking up the record. So I never bought it. But my wife bought it for me and just surprised me with it one day because she knew, like, you know, I was a fan of Alexis on Fire. She knew about the band because of myself. Uh, and so when she happened to see it, I think she was in the mall one day or whatever and saw it. So she bought it and was like, hey, surprise, and gave it to me. I think my initial reaction was like, thanks, <laughs> because I wasn't, like, going out of my way to get it. But You got a receipt it. with that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> she bought it, and then I put it on, and... I was absolutely a thousand times over hooked to this record. Um, this I could listen to this album on repeat so many times. Um, yeah, there's I I absolutely love this record, and I know in your brain you think it was on Equal Vision. It actually came out on Vagrant. Yeah, Records, sorry. <laughs> we we had a bit of a back and forth about this because so their previous album Watch Out was on Equal Vision. Um, and uh, this one, when we did our Vagrant Records episode, you were like, I was going to pick a different album, but then you told me it wasn't on uh, Vagrant Records. So I'm assuming that other album was either going to be Watch Out or the self-titled. I'm not sure. Yeah. But 
so then I was like, well, then just pick Crisis. That was on Vagrant, and it's great. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, what are your kind of overall impressions of this record? Uh, were you kind of like, when it came out, were you like, all right, I've, I've done the Alexis on Fire thing, I don't need to do it again? Or Yeah, I, I don't know that i have any specific connection to this album um so i'm kind of coming into it as a, a bit of an outsider in, in the way of um yeah i this isn't one that i can say i've listened from front to back um at least you know before researching for this or preparing for this right. Right. um yeah like i don't remember there being any big single off this album that i heard lots or saw a video for maybe yeah. again it was just the time and you know it wasn't something that i was uh, seeing as much um, again the production is pretty raw which is interesting because um, i feel like many bands in this genre of music often we're going for big name producers slick production you know i think of bands you know like silverstein and that you know had i mean even come from a similar area as alexis on fire mm-hmm. um but where that was more a part of their sound which I, i'd be curious to hear with alexis on fire like why they always kind of stuck to the more kind of raw sounding kind of production um so that's i mean that's cool in a way they kind of seem like you know in their minds that's just what they wanted and they win for it despite you know maybe labels or managers or whatever saying like you know go with this guy or that guy he made this band blow up or sound like this or whatever and they clearly didn't do that so that's that's also cool that they just kind of stuck on their path i feel like was it this record it may have been um maybe it was watch out uh, yeah, because this was done at Metalworks. Okay, it's um, a Toronto studio. Yeah, but there, but with Watch Out, uh, I think I want to say they were asked to do like to have to go somewhere, and then they just ended up um, just doing it locally or something. Or yeah, uh, now I want to read this background of production. This says self-titled debut. Blah blah. blah. For the next album, the band were told to go with a popular producer and to record at a big studio. Instead, Watch Out was produced by the band and Julius Buddy. Sessions were held at uh, Buddy's home, uh, his home studio close to Hamilton, Ontario. Um, so that is funny. So they were actually told at one point, like, hey, how about you go with a, uh, a more oh, yeah. well-known producer? And they're like, meh, let's go with our friend. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's in one way, maybe it just would have exploded even more, like, Still play the same songs, but just have it sound better. But maybe to them, they were like, this sound sounds good because of the way it's not as overproduced or or whatever. So, yeah. It would have been interesting with Watch Out to hear what it would have turned out like had they worked with, you know, like a producer that maybe had, you know, that was requested like a a bigger, more well-known producer. Like, would those songs have been... Uh, like crafted a little more and you know followed maybe a little bit closer to traditional song structures or would they have stayed as sort of wandering as they ended up being but um uh, as far as singles and stuff like uh so this could be anywhere in the world and um boiled frogs were both i remember hearing them on like rock radio like they were they were on radio okay and that so like that's where i would have heard them initially and uh, I'm pretty sure both of them had videos. I think I can picture the Boiled Frogs video in my head. I could be making it up, but I'm pretty sure it had a video. Anyway, let's get into the opener of the record. Uh, it's called Drunks, Lovers, Sinners, and Saints. Oh, 
right, mister, give me your thoughts. So, yeah, that, is that Wade that starts that song? Um, well, I think that starts the song is George. Like with, with the, that well, kind of singing? Right. Or, no, yeah, well, but like the singing yeah, part? But it, it is mostly, like the singing parts on this song are definitely mostly Wade. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I thought that that was cool to hear him versus kind of Dallas that typically yeah. did it. Like, I, I think Wade was starting to sing more at this point, had started some other projects where yeah, he was he a singer. Black and, Lungs. Yeah, right, Black Lungs, yeah, that's that what it was called. Um, yeah, then he later on went to, to front, uh, how what was that band called from England? Um, oh, Frank Carter was the singer, and then he left, and then Wade took over. Oh, what were they called? They they were getting pretty big. They were more of a like, uh, grunge punk Car- band. Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. So that's what he <laughs> went on to do. But what was the band? Maybe you can find out what the band was called as yeah, soon as I hear it. I'll know. But um, yeah, Gallows. so that's it was Gallows. Gallows. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I don't know what happened to that band, but yeah, cool, cool to hear Wade on on this song. Um, yeah, I think overall it, it does what the opening song needs to do, kind of gets the energy going, has some cool hooks on it, some cool guitar parts. I mean, you hear from three different vocalists on the yeah. song, so that's uh, definitely a plus. I think this song, it's while it's not like the best song on the album by any means, it is for sure uh, the best opener um, because I think for all of those reasons that you just stated, like, A, it just gets right into it uh, and it... It, it like it wastes zero time. It features all three vocalists, but not only does it feature all three vocalists, I think it like signals that there has been an even even more of a change or or a growth in the band. Because again, like Wade, he would show up here and there by taking lines on "Watch Out." I don't know if he really had any on the self-titled record, um, but then on this record, like he is on that first song. And it is it is yeah, obviously cool. not Dallas or George singing, right? And yeah. um and yeah, so it kind of shows that, oh, he's gonna be a bit more of a part of this band. And um I think like that's really where this band kind of hits its stride for me, is that they have three distinct vocalists. Like they have George obviously doing the screaming, and you have Dallas doing all the pretty melodies, and then Wade literally, for my ear, fits right in between those two. Yeah. Uh, he's got that like gravelly, you know, voice that kind of like sits quite nice um, and makes it, you know, y- you can tell who's who. There's no doubt about that. Um, but yeah, just the, the, I think the simplicity and urgency of this song uh, make for a fantastic opener. And um, it's memorable. Like this out, al- like I know when I put this album on, I was like, oh yeah, like it, before hitting play, I know that it opens immediately. <laughs> yeah. Make sure your phone, make sure you're, if you're having, if you have headphones on, uh, make sure you've kept those levels down so you don't blow your eardrums immediately because they're not going to lead you in. They're just going to smack you in the face. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, there are better songs on this album, but no better opener on this album for me. Yeah, I agree. So the next song is uh, the one that you picked off the record. We've mentioned it briefly. Uh, it is the song Boiled Frogs. My favorite tree. <laughs> Listen, I'm always listening to ladies For things to come away 
Yeah, this is definitely the standout song on the on the album for me. I mean, again, it's a bit more straightforward structurally than some of the other songs. The singing super memorable. Again, it has all three members singing, as far as I can tell. Mm-hmm. Really catchy chorus. Um, again, with the production, I really wish there was just a bit more punch and kind of energy to the production, which would have really helped um, overall just to make those parts really stand out. But, um, yeah, it's a song I love going back to. I, I love the woe. Oh, the woe woes that's a weird word yeah. to say twice whoa whoa woes later whoa, in the woes. song i just like that it gives it that really anthemic feel and and that yeah. to me helps to add some energy uh back to it but um yeah overall love the song 
Um, so yeah, this was a single. I was trying to figure out if it was, uh, and they do have a music video for it. I, I'm going to assume this one came out after this could be anywhere in the world. Um, I'm just looking at some, some interesting facts though, is that, uh, it debuted at number one on the Canadian albums chart, oh, nice. uh, selling over 20,000 copies in its first week. It was awesome. certified platinum in Canada, uh, in May, I'm assuming of that year. I don't know. What else, uh, no, the next year, uh, or 2007. I don't know when this, and then, um, this could be anywhere in the world was certified gold in Canada in September, 2018. So that's fairly recent. Uh, and it was also, this album was voted 50th in the 50 greatest albums of the 21st century in Kerrang! Wow. magazine. Good job. Um, but so anyways, this song, Boiled Frogs, uh, I'm pretty sure, yeah, the, the video is like, it's just showing all the band members, I think, like working different, you know, kind of meaningless sort of soul-sucking jobs. And it took me until like prepping for this to realize that the title, Boiled Frogs, was like a metaphor for that, right? Like they... They don't realize their their soul is being sucked out and their life is just like, oh, you know, getting nice. um, yeah. just like boiled frogs. If you put them in cold water and then turn the heat on, they'll have no idea when they're they're boiling and dying. But um, yeah, the the thing I really love about this record compared to Watch Out was what I mentioned with the previous song is that uh, Wade is here and you know it. And for me, this was one of the first moments I can recall hearing that uh, because you know, he's sort of, he's there, right? Like all three of them are there. And I do enjoy how George takes kind of like the first part of each verse. And then Dallas does the second part of the first verse. And Wade does the Mm. second part of the second verse with the same melody lines. And you can like hear the difference really in their voice. Um, Yeah. I do also think this song is a great example again of uh, kind of that growth uh, or like just like tightening as songwriters and going, all right, the meandering sort of vocal lines, while they're still there, like I feel like Dallas kind of meanders at one point, especially at the end of this song, uh, but it's not, you know, at the expense of the song, right? Like you still get the strong choruses and strong verses and more woes that you can sing along to. And yeah, I just think, um, I think this uh, this song is is pretty fantastic as much as you know like it's it's easy to say like oh with the singles uh i've heard them so many times they kind of over time overplay and become you know some of your least favorite songs on records i don't think that's the case on this record for me because both of those like lead singles are just so so great um but yeah anyway uh fantastic song glad you picked it um let's get into the next song shall we the title track let's do it yeah i picked the title track crisis Oh, no. 
and Mailbox Arsonist are like my rotating favorite songs off of this record. Um, So I decided specifically to go with this one for this episode, though, because um, it provides backstory for the album title and the album artwork, as well as it's just a great song. Uh, And it's got some parts that I think when I first heard them, I was a little uncertain of them. Um, But the like just where Wade's yelling like 1977, Um, and then specifically, I love the part where, you know, kind of in the middle to later part of the song where it's all broken up. Um, I forget what George is screaming. He's screaming something. And I think it's just like bass and drums that are going. And then there's just like these huge yells of like one, nine, seven, right? Like Mm. the way he's yelling it is always like, it kind of got me. And then the line uh, where he says, there's a blizzard coming and the year punk died, which I thought is, is great too. Uh, but the whole story of this song is that it's, it's talking about a massive snowstorm that covered the great lakes region in 1977 uh, and, and part of Western New York and all this kind of stuff. And the artwork uh, is actually of a man who was like, running a snow blower for, oh, I don't know if he's working for wow. a city or whatever. So that's like, his hands are like that from frostbite, yeah, that's crazy. which is like absolutely wild. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's, it's insane. And this song, if I were like, if I were pressured to pick a, another song to act as an opener, I think this one would be fantastic too. I think that like riff off the beginning, um, and it, because of the kind of like extended intro feel it has, um, like where George is screaming, like this town is going to bury you alive or whatever he says, uh, that I just, it kind of has this feeling like, Oh, I, I could feel like you're starting a record with that song. Uh, but I mean, it, it absolutely. And it does the same thing that we've been, we've been kind of like enjoying, I think on this record, or at least like heaping some praise on is like hearing all three different vocal parts, very yeah. distinct. Uh, and it does that. In a, this one maybe actually though in a little less uh, a less distinct way because Wade is screaming a lot more on this song as opposed to just singing um, which I think is great as well but give me some of your thoughts on on crisis yeah yeah lots of same ones you said uh, to add yeah that that opening riff and the guitars in the first verse like immediately make me think of refused um, yes which I, yes so it's funny that you say the year uh, whatever that was year punk died because oh, yeah. you think of Shape, shape of punk, punk to come, come. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I thought, I thought that was cool um, again to reiterate like I think just thicker guitars and production would have made this song just again just stand out a bit have a bit more punch you know, especially those hits at the start like it's just kind of makes me want a little bit more 
Um, but again, that's just my personal preference. Um, yeah. Otherwise, everything you said, I, I agree with. Yeah. Um, I, I think I can agree with you a little bit on like the production. It's not something I've never really, that's, that's really like kind of detracted from my enjoyment of the record. Uh, because I think like I, like I was able, like I just got hooked into these songs, but when you listen to it for sure, like it feels a little muddy maybe at times or something, but, um, but maybe that's also what kind of like draws me to it a little bit is even though they were having success, they, they didn't go that route of, um, for sure. That's fair. You know, like the big punchy overproduced guitars and whatnot, yeah. but it may have also served some of these songs better for sure. But, um, let's get into the closer, shall we? It's called rough hands.
I'll say this, the piano in that song sounds actually a little more expensive than the piano in the last closer. <laughs> that was the newest <laughs> Casio. Yeah, yeah, they really upped their Casio game. Uh, I personally, I think this is, I like this as a closer. I'm, you know, it kind of fits in, you know, sort of those, one of those different sort of categories of what I think are excellent closers in that it kind of mellows out a little bit. But it does it in like an Alexis on fire sort of way. It doesn't just like come back and go, oh, let's do a piano song or an acoustic song or, you know, just something that stays quiet from start to finish. Uh, it does this really great thing where I guess we'll call it the pre-chorus where George comes in and it doesn't explode dynamically in any sort of way. Right. But George is just screaming. And the lines that he screams in that bit, the first time I heard it kind of make me made me laugh where he's like, she says, I swear too much. Um, I say a lot of things. I'd swear every other word if I could. Uh, but for her, I'll make an attempt. I'm like, that's pretty great. She's like, watch your language. If you love me, you'll stop using such <laughs> offensive language. And he's like, I guess I could try, but God dang. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then when it like hits with, I guess what the actual course is right after that, and it's Dallas and Wade again, going back and forth, uh, Dallas being that beautiful little songbird and, and Wade coming in and, you know, yelling at him. Um, <laughs> I think it, I think it works so well. Uh, and yeah, like I, I, I like it as a closer. It reminds me, there is a song in the middle of the album, um, called you burn first, which for the longest time, I actually thought it was Wade singing on the song You Burn First. And I was like, wow, where did that come from? But then I just, as I looked, uh, apparently it's uh, Garrett O'Donnell from Planes Mistaken for Stars Okay, uh, that sings on that song. I was like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's a band whose name I'd, I've heard countless times but never actually listened to. So, um, But yeah, the Rough Hands, I, I think it's a fantastic little closer. I mean, I understand why it's not like what they would close a set with. Uh, you know, you want to go out with a bang and it's not a song that goes out with a bang by any means, but I do, I, I enjoy the dynamic moody, like moodiness of the whole song. Yeah. And there's a lot of mood and dynamic and, and vibe to it. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, just, I guess to state it bluntly, these, these kind of songs aren't made for, for people like me. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Like it's, it kind of, it brings a good wrapping, wrapping of up, right. not wrapping, wrapping up of the album. Um, he's not trying to do Steve-O from Sum 41. Right. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. So I guess similar to the last one, like it, it makes it feel like a closer, like it just the kind of the dramaticness of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always wondered with, I mean, yeah, when you have, you know, especially on this album more with three vocalists, like how do you kind of decide who does what or especially mm -hmm. it's like with a slower vibe your song like do you still add the screaming like i wonder how some of those um and i mean there's lots of bands where that's happened where it just it kind of progresses a bit more and you know but i just think like as a drummer if it was like okay like you're not really going to do any drumming on this song or whatever like right it's just so anyways that's just kind of a random thought on on bands that have multiple people doing things but um yeah yeah Lots, lots of good things about this song. It, I mean, it's a great question, and I don't know what their writing process looks like or looked like at that time because, you know, like are they are they literally all you know kind of like having input on the songs like as far as like lyrics and lines and stuff, and they're just singing what they came up with? Is it all written by one person? Like I don't know, but um, 
I do think this this album is an excellent example of a band being able to find that balance between uh, three vocalists that are like, and not just like, obviously there's bands that have three vocalists when you got multiple backup singers, but like actually three vocalists who take the lead at different times in, in basically all the songs. So um, yeah, I think that's great. But closing thoughts. Um, I think this was fun. Like going back and listening to watch out. I, I enjoyed it. It was definitely a reminder of kind of where um, the band was lost on me a little bit for a period of time. Uh, and I think like, I think I probably have a greater appreciation for this album now, like for watch out after doing this, sitting down and listening to it kind of more intentionally again after, cause like, you know, for the longest time, if I was wanting to listen to Alexis on fire, I was putting on crisis and there was, you know, no question about it. Uh, but now being able to kind of go back and go, Oh yeah, you know what? There are some songs definitely that I forgot about on, on watch out that I really like, but there's no contest here for me. Like crisis, uh, just holds up so well. And it's easily my pick between the two. Um, even if it feels even more like a winter album for me, which is funny. Cause like, maybe that's part of the problem in like trying to listen to it right now. These albums is like, I just want to be on a beach and, uh, you know, I'm listening to songs about blizzards that are burying people in towns and stuff and just all, all this stuff that's a lot more winter feeling to me. But I do honestly think on Crisis that Wade is like the star of the show for me. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's just because on the previous albums, it's like, OK, first you got George and a tiny bit of of Dallas and then you got George and Dallas pretty equal with a tiny bit of Wade. And now on this album, it's like they're definitely getting a lot more equal and just Wade's parts were kind of always stood out to me as kind of like my favorite parts on the songs, even though, like I said, all three guys definitely served their purpose and served it well. But uh, any closing thoughts on this Alexis on fire experiment? Uh, yeah, it was, it was fun to go back to. Like, like I said, I have more memories just kind of overall with the band than I do with specific albums. Um, so I think that's helped to keep me drawn in and, and a fan of the band, even if it's not one that I often feel like, man, I just really got to listen to one of their albums. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, unique, you know, uniquely Canadian, unique with their sound, unique with the way they've branched off into so many other things. And, um, so it feels like a, a much bigger part of, of my life, even just like, um, mm. you know, in those things, we've just seen them a bit more. Now I have, um, so a guy that played in hardcore bands back in the day with my band, he's now playing with Alexis on fire and, and with Dallas. And so just even things like that, where it's like, you know, I see on his Instagram, like, man, like, you know, it's awesome to see this guy playing huge shows and kind of a part of this thing that started yeah. so many years ago. So, um, yeah, it's like I said at the beginning, it's a pretty unique band. It's musically, it's not one I'm super drawn to, but I'm drawn towards the band and just everything they've done and kind of are a part of. So hopefully that makes sense. I think that's a great way to sum it up. If you had to pick one of the two records though, to, uh, you know, listen to not on repeat, but, but you, it's the only one you could listen to, which one are you going with? I think previously I would have said watch out just because it was one, even just like the artwork I knew more or whatever. But right. I think after listening to this, I I would agree with you and it probably would go with Crisis. There you go. Well, that is going to do it. Um, before we get out of here, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. And actually, I can now say this because 
our last episode recorded before this was really a thing, but also on threads. If you're not, if you're on threads, uh, go follow us at growing punk pod and, um, tell your friends about the show. If uh, you're a fan of Alexis on fire, got a friend who's a fan of Alexis on fire, whatever the case may be, tell your friends, share the show, help it grow. Uh, but with that, that'll do it. So, uh, goodbye. See you next time, everybody. And, uh, yeah, Watch see out. you next time, everybody. Oh, we'll see you next time twice. But, uh, everybody. Okay, bye. Everybody. <laughs> what about you? What about everybody? Hey,